Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. How many of you have friends? Raise your hand big, like proud. I got friends, man. I got friends. Okay. How many of you have best friends? Okay. How many of you have crazy friends? All right. Wow, all the hands go up for that one. Okay, if you're sitting next to your crazy friend right now, raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> How many of you have saved friends? The saved friend. These are the people that uh, every problem you have, they have a, a, a Bible verse for you. Okay. All right. How many, you know, everybody needs those type of friends, right? How many of you have the hood friends? All right. The hood friends. A few hands go up. Okay. How many of you are glad to have the hood friends? Okay, the hood friends are good to have. Okay, those are the one. The hood friends are the ones that like, like they got your back. You know, I, I'm not going to call you out. You know who you are, my hood friends in here. And and those are the type of people that if somebody's talking about me in town, they got my back. You know what I mean? And, and so most of them are are, are are some of them are girls. You know, and, and they're the ones that you you know they'll be walking around town. Like, what did you say about my pastor? There, there. That's hair. Um, but. They say, like, what are you, you talking, that, that's my pastor you're talking about. And, you know, because they're hood friends. And they, and they say, I'm sorry about that. How many of you are glad to have the hood friends? My best friend is my wife. How many of you, your best friend is your spouse? All right. You don't have to say that. If you, just kidding. But seriously, my wife is my ride or die. She is, she is by my side. She always has my back. She will always have my back. Um, and she's a little hood, too. You know, those of you that don't know her, she's a little hood, too. Um, and you may be thinking, you know, of course, of course, Pastor, you're going to say that your wife is your best friend because she's your wife. But, but I want to tell you, my, my, my wife is my best friend because she's been there with me through the dirt, right? Long before I had a microphone, when I was nobody in trouble with the law, just down in the dirt, she had my back. I'll never forget, uh, she was the only one to be, when they, when they brought me in a courtroom, shackled with shackles, walking through the courtroom, she's the only one that was there. Not the friends I used to sell drugs to, not the friends that I used to run with and cause trouble. My wife was the only one to stand by my side, and that's why she's my best friend. And those of you that know, when your wife is with you on those, on those hard days, right, those, those tough days where you really kind of feel like quitting and you're not sure which way to go, and, and, and she's there to speak life over you, let me take a quick survey real quick. Name, tell me some, some qualities that you look for in friendship. Just say them. Honesty. Healthy? Oh, healthy. Crazy? Okay, all right. Name something else. Respect. Loyal. Loyalty. Loyalty keeps coming up, right? And I want you to catch that. I was hoping that that would come up because when we look for friends, we often look for that person who is loyal, right? And, and today I want to take a look at what the Bible says about friendships and relationships, okay? And so, so we're in this series called Fresh, and today I want to talk from the subject of Fresh Circle. Everybody say Fresh Circle. How many of you have your circle of friends? Okay, all right, and so today I want to speak to you that, that sometimes we need to add to that circle, sometimes we need to take away from that circle, okay, and I want you to catch this today, um, and I hope that you, that, you would, that you would understand my heart for this, okay, um, because friendship is important, 
Healthy friendship is important, okay? And so, so I hope you catch that today. You know, and, and, and what's interesting is I was got to thinking about this concept of friends. And, and I have a, a circle of friends that I hang around with regularly. Um, but, but on my Facebook, I have like 1,500 friends. I know, weird flex. But, you know, I, I got 1,500 friends. And, and to be honest with you, I, I don't. Some of you are like, what's weird flex? I don't get it. But, but some of you, or uh, I realize that I only see about 50 um, people's posts and 50 people's updates and things like that. Does anybody else have the, the same on Facebook? You know, you kind of see the same people's things over and over. And I find it interesting that today we're in a society that we should be the most connected, but we really find ourselves to be the most disconnected, right? And, and we're surrounded by social media and, and, and we're, we're, um, we're even surrounded by these, by these ideas that we, that we have to fit in. Right, that we that we have to behave a certain way, or or we have to say a certain thing, or and oftentimes what we do is we adapt to that because everybody wants to be liked. How many of you don't care if you're liked or not? A few of you. Okay, that is not me. Okay, well I'm glad that's you. Pray for me. That's not me. And oftentimes because we feel this need to be accepted, we then change who we are so that people will like us. Am I talking to anybody today? Okay. No matter what the cost is, we're willing to change our behavior. We're willing to change the way we dress, change the things we say so that we can be accepted and say that we have friends. Right? Because here's the reality. When it went on Facebook, they, they give you suggested friends. Why do they give you suggested friends? Because those are people that you have other people in common with, right? And you say, oh, I, I like the things that they like, so I better like them, or I better become their friend. But I want to tell you today that we should never give up who we are for a friendship, unless that friendship is with Jesus. And there is a difference. There is a difference, okay? So when we, when we sacrifice things that we believe in, and we, say, and, we, and we tell ourselves it's okay to adapt to this because I, I want people to like me, what happens is it leads to unhealthy relationships and friendships. Because now you've set the standard that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be your friend as long as you say I'm your friend. Open up your Bibles. Here we go. Proverbs 18.24, New King James Version, reads like this. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Tell your neighbor, I love you. I love you. Now turn your Bibles over to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to spend most of our time. Sticks closer than a brother. Hang on to that thought, and then we're going to spend most of our time in John chapter 15, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, so if you have that, uh, you can change the translation. Or Everybody there? If you're not, say, wait for me. Good. John's an easy one to find. John chapter 15, starting in verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, let me, let me, let me, read, let me read just a few bit more. I, I think I only gave you to 13, Brian, but let me read 14, 15, and 16. You are my friends if you do what I command. Remember, this is Jesus talking, okay? You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have now made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Isn't that so powerful to know that God chose you? I remember sitting in this jail cell and all of a sudden I just felt this urge, to this desire to know more about Jesus because I knew that he was pursuing me, right? And I wasn't looking for him, but he was looking for me. And I find that so powerful that verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go, appointed, appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit. Everybody say bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Let me read this one more. This command, this is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Let me tell you, back to verse 16. What, what does this mean to you? You did not choose me, but I chose you. I want you to see, I want you to understand that God has you exactly where he needs you, right? God has you where he needs you. And, and look, God chose you. You didn't choose it. He chose you for it. He chose you because you are special, right? And, and, and the Bible says so that you may bear fruit. How many know that God wants you to bear fruit? That's the part where you say yes, because that's what he wants. He said it in his word. So he wants you to bear fruit, but he wants you to bear long-lasting fruit, not wishy-washy fruit, not hot one day, cold the next fruit. He wants you to bear fruit, long-lasting fruit, and he's, he's looking for you to be deep-rooted. Those, those trees that bear great fruit have deep roots, Deep roots. He wants you to be rooted, right? And look, you, you, may have, you may have a problem in your marriage. You may have a problem in a relationship that you have. I'm telling you, fix it. Quit running from your problems. Be deep-rooted. Stay rooted. Isn't it interesting in the fall that the leaves fall off the tree, but the tree never falls down? Why doesn't the tree fall down? Is it because of the wood? Because of the roots, Right? The roots, it, it can't be moved by just anything. I want you to catch that. When you're deep-rooted, you can't be moved by just anything. When you're deep-rooted, a little problem doesn't shift the whole atmosphere. When you're deep-rooted, a little problem in your marriage doesn't say you start talking divorce. When you're, when you're deep-rooted, you say, you know what, we have a problem, let's fix it. When you're deep-rooted in relationships, it's we have a problem, let's fix it. You know what? When you're deep-rooted in, in, in friendships, you say, I don't like how you're living. Let me have a conversation with you. Shallow roots want to be accepted. I, I find it interesting how redwood trees, they, they, they're so big, right? Ginormous. And, and what they do is, is they begin, as they grow, they begin to interlock their root system. 
and they become stronger because, because, of, the, because of the way that they interlock um, them. And, and, and I want you to see, as, as we, as, as, as uh, relationships are so important, right, and we begin to grow together, we become stronger when we're rooted together. If you're not rooted deeply, what happens is, is the enemy wants to come and knock you down. And if you're not deeply rooted, you'll easily fall over. Your roots got to be deep. Everybody say, roots deep, roots deep. So if we want, if we desire these friendships and we want our friendships to be meaningful, the reality of it is, is that we cannot support one another if our own foundation is not strong. Right? We have to be deeply rooted. We have to be, our foundation has to be strong. And we need to be strengthened. Uh, our foundation needs to be strengthened by praying, by fasting, by time in worship, by, by coming to church. Right, like We have to strengthen our foundation, our root system. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Bible encourages us to what? Seek first the kingdom of God. And whose righteousness? his righteousness, and he will give you everything you need. Not everything you want, but everything that you need. Right? He also said in the scripture we read earlier in John chapter 11, he said to ask anything in my name and it will be done. Okay? So, so here he, we see again everything you need, everything you, um, he will give you everything you need. Fresh circle. Let me say fresh circle. When I was in high school, I had a group of friends these were my close friends, okay? And, and we were called, we called ourselves CJ VJ, okay? Yeah, this was the name. And it was Clyde, Victor, Jonathan, and what was it? Let me see. Clyde, Jonathan, Victor, JJ. That was, those were our group. CJ VJ. And we even had a little sign. It was like this. Don't laugh, guys. Because it could be a C, it could be the V, and it could be the J. Okay, so CJVJ and Victor came up with that. He's like, we're CJVJ now, dude. I'm like, heck yes, we are, dude. Like, what's the color of our bandana, bro? We didn't, have, it was turquoise, so it didn't matter, but. But we were this tight group of friends. We, were, we, were, we did everything. We played sports together. We, we, when we were kids, we'd ride our bikes to the baseball field to go play baseball. And we'd always hang out, go to the swimming pool. And we were this tight group of friends. And in our senior year, we decided that we were going to enter the talent show, the high school talent show. And, and we had this great plan that we were going to do boys to men. It was going to be, how many of you know boys to men? Okay. And so we had this great plan, and, and, and we said, okay, I'm going to do this part. And, th like, we didn't have YouTube back then, okay? This is 1998. And so we didn't have YouTube back then, so we had to literally wait on MTV for this song to play so that we could record it on the VCR, and then we could study the moves and these kind of things like this, okay? Anybody following me this morning? Okay? So how many of you did talent shows, boys to men? Okay, I'm the only one in the room? Okay. All right. Pay attention. Here we go. And I just want to say... Let me, let me show you this picture. This was us. Boom. I'm on the far right. I'm the dark guy. That's your husband right there, babe. All right, so there's JJ on the, far, on, the, on the far left. Jonathan right here in the middle. He was super buff. Victor and then myself, okay? And so we had this part, um, and we did, um, I could probably say this in church. The song was called I'll Make Love to You, okay? And it was like, close your eyes. You guys don't know it. Okay. All right. Well, it was a really good song. Okay. You ruined my, let me skip that part. But 
And you guys are like, oh, my God, Pastor, we don't listen to uh, secular music anymore. We're super saved these days. Don't, and let me tell you, we beat, we, beat, uh, we beat this kid named Daniel Wykey, and he did Barbie Girl. You know that song, Barbie? I'm a Barbie girl. And he had, like, all the cheerleaders, and we still beat him. You guys are still hung up. He just said, I'll make love to you in church. Don't act like you don't listen to those songs every once in a while on your radio. Some of y'all turn up to Tupac when you leave the church. Don't lie to me. But we were a super, focus, we were a super close group of friends. And one thing that I know is that when you're a teenager, friendship has a different meaning. Right, like these are we're we're, we're learning things um, about friendship. But one of the things as as a as a as a teenager, we value good friends. We value good friends. How many of you still have friends from high school that you still talk um, that you talk to? <laughs> okay, dang, a lot of hands went down. Okay. So, so we have these, but we valued good friendships. And, and look, I haven't talked to a lot of these guys in years, but, but when the high school reunion comes, CJVJ is back in full of force, okay? Like, we're, we'll probably even do it, okay? It has been requested a couple times, but. And, and the reality of it is none of us could really sing that good, but we looked apart, okay? Somewhat. At least Jonathan did Friendships are different now, right? Like we, we live in a world where we have electronic friends, right? We, we, we text message. We don't call people anymore. Our friendships look different. And I'll be honest with you, the definition of friendship has changed, right? Friendship now can be purchased. What can you do for me? As long as you meet these qualifications, you can be my friend. It's getting really quiet in here. As long as you're doing something for me, then we're good. We're friends. Or as long as I'm included, I'm your friend. As long as, as, long as you say I'm your friend, then I'm your friend. As long as you like me, as long as you, whatever the case may be. But let me tell you, there's no price for loyalty. You guys said the number one quality you're looking for in a friendship is loyalty. That means through the bad, that means through the good, that means through the whatever, I want you to be my loyal friend. I say that to say this. When you have real friends, cherish them. When you have a real relationship, cherish it. Because I believe, I truly believe this. Every relationship that you have in your life right now needs to be evaluated. Are they pouring into me? Is this a fruitful relationship or are they just sucking things out of me? Do they only want to be around me because of the things I can do for them? Are they only my friend because of this? You need to evaluate. Because here's the thing. We have to be careful who has our ear, who has our heart, and who has our time. We have to be careful with that. T.D. Jakes, Jakes said this, I would rather you waste my money than waste my time. He says this, I can get more money, I can't get more time. That's so good. Because I want to tell you today, if you're not invested in me, please step aside. I got places to go. Right? If you don't mean well towards me and you want to see harm towards me, just go, go away. I'm okay. 
I'm taking responsibility for the people and relationships in my life. Are you taking responsibility for the relationships in your life? And I know that this isn't one of those profound things and God's like speaking. I hope he's speaking to your heart to evaluate these relationships because I believe that your walk with God is as important as the relationships that you have with other people. But the most important relationship is the relationship that you have with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because here's the thing. Our friendship should have purpose. And that purpose isn't just to get drunk with them. That purpose isn't just to get high with them. That per- we, should have, we should have purpose in our friendships, right? Because what we're called to be the light. I want relationships that are pushing me into what God has called me to do. I want relationships where people are speaking life over me. I want relationships that are healthy for me. I want the right people in my life. I want the people who value the anointing in my life. I want people in my life that value my leadership. I want people in my life that value who I am as a man. That's the people that I want in my life. Come on, where's my real friends at? Where's my real friends at? I used to be so caught up in how many friends could I have, right? Like the more friends, the better. And, 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 and you can only imagine, I, in, in high school, I always wanted, like, let's gather everybody. Let's gather everybody, man. Even people we don't like, let's invite them over. Like, let's just hang out. But, but I'm realizing right now that I want meaningful relationships, right? Now, I, we could be friends. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, that I want those people that are going to pour into me. They're going to speak life over me. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to allow myself to be brought down instead of bringing people up. I want to bring people. I want to speak life over people. I want you to speak life over me. And I want to show you today how Jesus understood friendship. He saw the greatness in people, right? And that's that's the value is is we need to see the greatness in people. Look, he knew that Peter was a little bit crazy, right? He he knew that he would go from walking on water to saying he doesn't know him. He valued relationships, right? He invested in him. Why? Because he understood that you don't throw people away. You don't throw people away. Instead, you speak life over them. You call the greatness out of them. Look, you don't have to, if you have somebody who's struggling in life, you don't have to go swim in their pool. Invite them over to your pool. Throw them a life vest. His name is Jesus. Reel them in. Take them to your pool and say, enjoy the, the water. It's nice and clear over here. We got chlorine in it. See me all swimming in that nasty water. Quit living nasty, people. Y'all swimming in that nasty water. Y'all ever been to Ben Lily Pond before? That's some nasty water. We went riding late last night, and Snuffy had us back in the middle of nowhere back there, and frogs like crazy. Frogs everywhere. But the smell of that water was disgusting. Okay? And you know me, I don't be getting dirty. I mean, as soon as we got home, I'm like, I'm showering right now. But it got me thinking last night how that's a pool of water and we're willing to, like, if somebody was willing to go swim in there. But why would you swim in that when you have a beautiful pool at Shiloh's house that you can go swim in? I don't want that nasty living. I don't want that nasty water. How many of you want to go swimming right now? But Jesus didn't throw people away. 
He, 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 he knew the value in them. Let me tell you something about real friends, real relationships. Real friendships are not whispering about your challenges. Real friends are speaking life over you. They're not talking about you behind your back. Real friends are praying for you, interceding for you, believing for you. Real friends are encouraging you to do better. Come on, where's my real friends at? Here's three questions you can ask yourself about friendships. Write them down. Three, three questions. This will help you in every relationship you have. Okay? How close are your friends? How close are they? Right? We have, I have friends that are close that know a lot about me. And there's friends that, they're my friends. They really don't know a whole lot about me. They know that I'm super good looking. I'm really cool. I'm funny. I mean, those, you know, those type of friends, Right? Go back to that picture in high school. Let me see my body back then. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. All right, take it down. Y'all are my friends and laughing at me. Three questions. How close are your friends? So to what, to what extent do you allow people in? Right? Who's the friends you allow in? Who's the friends you vent to? Don't vent to the gossiper. <laughs> Don't vent to the person who wants to see you fail. How close are your friends? Second one, what are the boundaries in those relationships? What boundaries do you say? You know what? I love you, but I'm not going to go to the club with you. <laughs> right? I love you, but I'm not going to get high with you. I love you but I'm not going to get drunk with you. I love you, but I'm not going to, whatever it is that you have, ask yourself, what are the boundaries in my friendships, in my relationships? For those of you that are dating, what are the boundaries in your relationship there? Don't sell yourself short. You're worth so much. You're so valuable. You're so valuable. Ask yourself what the boundaries are. And then the last question to ask, what is the purpose of your friends you hang around? What is the purpose of the friends you hang around? Do you hang around with because they get the good, the good dope? Do you hang around? Why are you guys laughing? Do you guys hang around them because of what they can do for you? Or do you hang around them because you want to speak life over them? You see value in them. You want to call the greatness out of their lives. Ask yourself, what is the purpose of the friends I hang around? And I want to tell you this. Don't allow somebody into your life because of a deficit in your life. Let me explain that. Don't allow a friend in because you're struggling in one area. I'm lonely, so you'll do. Don't do that. Don't sell yourself short. Know your value. Know who you are in Christ. And then the last thing. Don't respond to people only on emotion. What did Jesus call Judas who betrayed him? He called him a friend. Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed by Judas, and yet he still called him friend. Why did he call him friend? Because he still had a role to play in Jesus' life. There's a book read by, uh, by Ron Carpenter called The Necessity of an, of an Enemy. You should really read it. A great, great book, Necessity of an Enemy. And it talks about the story of Judas, how Judas had to be Judas in order for Jesus to fulfill what God called him to do. 
So, so I ask you, uh, you know, Jesus called him friend, right? And so, so you would think that Jesus, uh, like Jesus, why would you be friend with somebody who's going to betray you, who's going to sell you out? Because Jesus knew that he needed him. And Jesus wasn't petty. <laughs> I put that in my notes. Jesus wasn't petty. How many of you know some petty people? Don't raise your hands, guys. What if they're here? <laughs> Jesus was not petty. Jesus wasn't petty. Let me tell you the kind of friend Jesus is. And I believe this sets the example for us. There was this dude named Lazarus in the Bible. You guys heard of him before Lazarus? He died, okay? And then Jesus brought him back to life. But, you know, so, he, so, so they send this message. Jesus is, he's out doing this thing, what Jesus does. And they, they send this message, and they're like, hey, hey Lazarus is going to die. Like, and Jesus is like, all right, cool. I'm going to be here. And he's like, no, but you need to come. And he's like, God will get the glory. <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase, but God's going to get the glory for what I'm going to do in Lazarus' life. And I want you to understand this because as they told him, Jesus, hurry up, we need to go. Jesus is like, I'll get there. I'm going to go. Two days later, Jesus goes. He waited two days, and on the third day he went. Then Jesus says, let's go to Bethany. And his disciples told him this. But teacher, they said to him, do you really want to go back there? It was just a short time ago the people of Judea were going to stone you. So Jesus is willing to go back for his friend. Come on. <laughs> Jesus is willing to go back to his friend to a place where they wanted to hurt him. That's the kind of friend that Jesus is. He didn't just leave Lazarus there. He knew that God was going to get the glory. And you know what? If I have to go back to a place where people hurt me before to save a friend, that's what I'm going to do. That's the example that Jesus sets as a friend. Because here's the reality. Jesus could have said, Lazarus, you're healed. Like, okay, if Lazarus is in Las Cruces, he'd be like, Lazarus, you're healed. And Lazarus would be like, dope, I'm healed, I'm cool. This is the word of God, right? But Jesus didn't just send the word. He could have just sent the word. Instead, he went to go see about it for himself. Those are the type of friends that you need in your life. I want a friend who just isn't gonna text me, who's gonna show up at my front door. I want, I, here's what I know. I know that if I'm sick, Victor Nanez is gonna show up with his oil at my house to pray for me. I know that for a fact. I know that if I'm feeling down, I got 15 men in this church that are gonna call me and encourage me or come to the church and encourage me, show up at my house to encourage me, take me on a razor ride to encourage me. Whatever it is, I know that that's my circle of friends. I want the people that aren't just gonna talk about it, that are gonna be about it. Those are the type of relationships that I want in my life. I don't want to be judged. I don't need to be judged. I don't need to be criticized. I want those people that can see even the imperfection in me and still love me. Those, that's, that's a, Jesus is such a, such a great friend to that. Jesus goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead. And then the Pharisees are mad at him because he raised somebody from the dead. And, 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 and I'd be like, I mean, who, who wouldn't be mad if, you know, Jesus raised somebody from the dead? You know, there's the people that, that are going to hate no matter what Jesus does because the hater's going to hate. You need to identify the people in your life that got mad that you got up. I don't think you caught that. Let me tell this side. You need to identify the people in your life that got mad that you got up. How I many? there's some people that don't want you serving God right now. 
There's some people that want to see you stuck with a needle in your arm. They want to see you addicted. They want to see you struggling. There's people in those lives. I don't need those people in my life. Remember, the Pharisees that got mad at Jesus for raising, uh, uh, for raising Lazarus from the dead are the same Pharisees that got mad that he was hanging out with prostitutes and, 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 and hanging out with tax collectors and all that, right? Those are the same people because they're like, we, why, we don't want to see those people come up. We want to see them struggling. Why would you hang around those people? Why, why would you hang around them and not us, Jesus? Because they're real people. Not religious people, Real people. There's people that can put on the robe and act holy and judge the heck out of you. I want the real friends. The people that are going to say, I know you're struggling, but I got your back. That's religion. Jesus wants relationship. Don't you love Jesus so much? So good. You know why I love Jesus so much? I'm going to tell you. One, because he's my friend. But two, because Jesus wants to be friends with the person with the needle in his arm. He wants that. He wants the person struggling through life. He wants, he wants to be a, a friend to that person. He doesn't want to see their lives thrown away. And why? Because the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Worship team, come help me out. He's rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And listen, we've all been through seasons where our spirits are crushed. Sometimes friends do that. Sometimes relationships do that. Sometimes we're brokenhearted because of the same thing. But I want to tell you today that Jesus is near. He's close to you. He wants to see greatness in your life. He wants to be in your fresh circle. So if in, in your fresh circle, Jesus needs to be the center. When Jesus at the, is at the center of your circle, watch your life transform. When you put him at the center of everything. Stand your feet with me. Some of you may have some, some, some relationships, some friendships that maybe you need to have, have some serious prayer time over and consider what is the purpose of this relationship? Is this relationship healthy to my walk with God? Is there fruit? He says, he says that Jesus says that he wants us to, to, to bear fruit, to bear long-lasting fruit. Are the relationships that you have, are they bearing long-lasting fruit? How do we have that? We gotta be deep-rooted. We gotta be deep rooted. Look, we can't just stay on the surface, people. We gotta dig deeper. We gotta do that through prayer. We gotta do that through fasting. We gotta do that through worship. We got to draw nearer to God. He's near to us. We need to become near to Him. So I just want you where you're at. I'm gonna ask the, the worship team just to sing a song here, but, but where you're at, I just want you to self-reflect for a little bit. And maybe there's some relationships in your life that, that need to be altered, that need to be change. And listen, maybe there'll be some relationships that you need to, you know what? I've been neglecting this person. I need, I need to pour into them. I need to speak life over them. I'm going to ask the worship. Just self-reflect for just a moment.
I didn't ask Pastor Tim to sing that song, but certainly uh, feel the vibe of that. And, and, and I really think that uh, I think that some of us can, if we're to evaluate this and, and really process what, what was said today um, and understand that, that Jesus truly needs to be the center of, of our lives, of everything that we do. Because if we put the Jesus, if we put Jesus at the center of everything, Everything else will fall in place. So I want to ask you today, look, you may have already given your heart to God. This isn't a salvation uh, altar call right now. Like, I'm going to get to that. But, but legit, like if you feel like, man, I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to Jesus. Look, no matter where you're at in your walk of life, good Lord, pray for me. I want to be closer to Jesus. Every day I want to draw nearer to him. But if that's you, I just want you to come on up here. I want, we want to pray with you. And if you just want to be closer to God, man. You've given your heart to God. You, you know, you live a good life. You, you read, you study, but maybe there's been this barrier. You just haven't been able to get over it. You want that. Praise God. Come on down. Come on down. Make room. We got, we got prayer team over here. We got prayer team everywhere. Come on, let them pray with you. Praise God. Come on. All right. You guys can fill that up. Let's go ahead and sing, Pastor Tim. Jesus. 
Before we go, I want to ask you if there's anybody in this room that has never given their heart to God, but you're ready to make that, you're ready to make that declaration today. You're ready for your life to be transformed. And you want to give your heart to God for the very first time. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Maybe we have, maybe we have, thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want to pray with you. Those that raise their hand, a couple people raise their hand. I want to pray with you. Father, I love you and thank you for my amazing friends, God. God, you said in your word, God, if we confess with our mouths, God, that you are Lord over our lives, that we will be saved. God, I pray right now, God, over their lives, Lord, we confess with our mouths that you are Lord over our lives, God. God, that you that you are the king over our lives, God. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that has washed us and made us clean, God. Lord, that we are no longer, God, in our old ways, God, but we now live a life that is pleasing to you, Father. From this moment forward, God, I just pray that you, that you go before us, God, that you orchestrate every step, Father, in our lives, God. Lord, as we live this life for you, God, we declare victory today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Give a big round of applause for those that raise their hand. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.